0: Gaming NBS episode 295 being recorded Monday, May 25th, 2020. Welcome to Gaming NBS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. All our listeners, thank you very much for sticking with us. If you're new, hell, oh, glad to have you on board. That's awesome, Sean. Man, how was uh, how was your long weekend? Relaxing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Any gaming?
0: Uh, uh, let's see. What did I do? Did I game this weekend? I did not. I did not. No. Okay. I ran. Mothership Thursday. How'd that
1: go? Going well?
0: It went okay. I got a little grief from the players from the last episode about, you know, talking. Well, some hadn't listened to it yet. I know Jared did and said he was banished from the podcast, but <laughs> said I didn't. I didn't specifically see banish. Um, well. Yeah. It went okay. I I say okay because I... I th- it came to, I think, my side, I it came to kind of a, not a lull, but I wanted to, I got to make sure that these guys have some avenues, right? I, can't, I don't want to get them.
1: There's pacing and it's, this is a, a book, a play, um, whatever it is being written as it happens, right? I mean, this is all improv, make them up stuff as we go. And you're going to have hiccups, bumps, retcon moments. All of that shit is totally there. So, just to so everybody else out there, if you're like, wow, that happens? Yes, this totally happens. If you're new to this, or you've got a new game master, a budding game master, is like, boy, I just, I worry that I might have a bad session, or that session didn't seem to go as well as next one. I think I suck. We all have that feeling. And what Sean's describing has happened to me every goddamn campaign I've ever run. At some point, I'm like, man, that one was just, ugh. This wasn't as tension-filled and not as much action and... Or lore dropping and all the fucking blah 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 from last one. Eh, whatever. You know. It, it, it happens.
0: <laughs> yeah. It'll be it'll be good. It's it's fine. It's not and it's not uh and the, it's not the not guy, like you lit the campaign on fire. And well, the guys could be like, I don't know what he's talking about. And so I just um
1: Which you will find is actually, I believe, more often than not, people are like, What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, a little yeah. slower than last time, but thank God, we had a chance to breathe. Someone yeah. wasn't threatening to cut us in little pieces every time we turned around. So, right, right. Yeah, no, that's it's good. good, stuff,
0: good. It's, it's all good. Um, it's all good. It's all good, man.
1: I ran my um, Avalon game with my home crew. They oh. figured out a whole bunch of shit. Um, sussed out a whole bunch about the Penangalan vampires. Uh, that's that's not good. They found out a whole lot of not good there. Um, let's see. Nick, um, I have an ambush, Nick. In a long time. But he left himself open. It's always in the library. Four assassins with guns came in and started shooting. He ended up with a big bloody hole in him. And uh, it was perfect. It it took his character. He's like, I have no idea what to do this evening. He did random crazy just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And I think he finally pieced together at the end. Oh, yeah. I was dropping all this information around kind of willy-nilly. Maybe I should not have done that. (laughs) So that was fun. ambushed him. And uh, my kids in their Trailer Cthulhu game, they're starting to realize that they are trapped in the house. And that the house, uh, time flows differently.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Hmm. And uh, they learn through finding a secret passage and a secret door in the library and some other documents, uh, family tree and all this crap that they have been chosen because they are... The seventh descendants from a witch, some sort of witchcraft, black magic, something or other. They each are potential vessels for this person who they thought was a good friend <laughs> of the family type of thing. Hmm, might not be so good now. And they're piecing that together. They're going crazy trying to figure out. We burned the candle. Is that why time slipped? Oh, it's got to be the candle. Maybe we should do it again. Don't light the candle. Oh, yeah. A lot of good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's always that.
1: Try and try again thing, yeah. And and I did find another handful of shotgun shells. So for some reason, Ilan she goes, I know that doesn't do anything, but I feel better having bullets. (laughs) Yeah. Which is classic, Cthulhu. Oh, man, that's about it. Uh, Let's see here this weekend for me. Pretty mellow. Kind of nice. Warm, dude. I was expecting rain. Summer is here in Wisconsin, for sure. Well, our neck of the woods, Wisconsin, we were supposed to have rain Saturday, Sunday, and even today was supposed to be kind of shit initially. Wow, Christ, I got dribbled on like once yesterday. I had to mow my bloody lawn and went crazy on me. But, uh, yeah, kind of nice all, all told. Indeed. So, um, let's see. Announce- I did? Oh, sorry. Yeah, go go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead, Brad. I was gonna jump into announcements. Go you ahead. Got any- you ready? Yeah, no, All
0: it'll right. fit yeah, no, it'll fit under announcements.
1: Uh perfect. So the uh the bad news, uh Con in person is canceled. Alex Cameron and the boys put out a very fine notice as to how and why this is not Game Hole. Yes. yes. This was not a decision that only Game Gamehole said, eh, you know, we don't feel like, or we don't blah, blah, blah. Uh, they're kind of in a no-choice scenario because of Dane County where the event happens and the rules and regs put in by the government around how many people can gather, so on and so forth. So and the that's in-person where I live. event is canceled. That's where I live
0: and Brett yeah. works.
1: Yes, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> so the in-person event is canceled. Sean, we were de- uh, babbling about this a little bit before we got on the mics here, and I know... I, I didn't see Game Hope Con go, and we will hold an online con. Personally, I'm online cons are cool; they're fun. I think for like the the tabletop event stuff, uh, the Con of Champions, that's perfect because that's their thing, right? It gets them. They're an internet, they're uh, you know the, the application company, so on and so forth. But Gamehole Console shtick is guests, in person stuff, and that type of thing. It is not a. I don't think that same feeling of Gamehole Con would translate very well across. And uh, running a convention is very often a thankless job. I've done it for a number of years. It's it's tough, and um, I don't know. I could see the GameholeCon Con crew saying, "You know what? That's not our thing. We're not prepared to deal with that type of de- setup, and not doing it." I don't know. Although I have heard that they're planning to do something, so we'll see what happens. I don't have all the details on that. Sean, do you have any more on the online version of Gamehole? I. Don't have any
0: m- more detail about the online version of Gamehole Con, other than I think Alex got poked a few times, and he has said, "Okay, fine, we'll do something online." Um, so I, the unofficial word is that there will be an online version of Game Gamehole Con. Um, I I was when the announcement came out was not a surprise to me personally. Um, and I was, it, hold,
1: I was holding out that maybe, maybe yeah. it'll be okay by then. No, I was just a little too hopeful.
0: Yeah. And I was, um, I, I was optimistic, but I guess in my eyes, more realistic. I just saw too many events falling to the wayside. And I think that, that this thing is just a bigger mess than we're, than time will give it. So having said that, announcement goes out. There's no mention of an online version. Yep. Origins GenCon both canceled and they are earlier in the year of course, but they are bo- both going online. I don't mm-hmm. know what that's going to look like. I Oof. I just part of me part of me thinks GenCon online like they you can't even get a room there without a huge amount of problems. How are they going to take their entire convention online, and just say yeah. optimistically that ten to fifteen percent of their attendees decide to do something online, like run and play.
1: It's a lot of work, man. I mean, sixty thousand
0: people—that's like sixty, you know, six thousand to seven thousand people. That's a lot more than any online conventions probably had in attendees this year total so I so when that came out and it was like a no I thought well it's November is October end of October um, and I thought well we could have one you know would, would our BS or community want to
1: an online thing
0: online and, and it would be fairly easy I mean tabletop events doesn't cost us anything is my understanding like you could charge and then they get a percentage of credit card
1: fees yes yeah that's how it works Right, but you, I mean,
0: I guess you could charge whatever you want, right?
1: Yeah, it, you can, essentially. It's been a while since I've set it up from scratch, but I have done it. Yeah. Um, the other piece on it, so my advice until, if we find out that a game ocon or, or whatever has a really cool kick-ass online con set up, blah, 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 for signing for games or whatever. Um, my hope, honestly, is that if that weekend is something I plan to do gaming for anyway, I might be able to... Run some games for my friends. You know, I've got a number of different people that I, um, that I only get to see at the gaming cons. You know, I know I was going to run a Middle Earth role playing game for uh, Forrest Gary and a handful of other people that we pulled together was going to be a carry con. Didn't work. I've always got, uh, I shouldn't say always, but I have a Wraith game. I've been looking to run for Dave Beatty (laughs) and a couple other people. You know, off book type stuff. So that may be off book con for Brett that weekend. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens.
0: Well, and, you know, the, it, it's like, yeah, it's a whole different beast. You know that as much as I do, Brett. So I was thinking just to do it, to get together with BSers on a dedicated date. And one thing that I was thinking is mm. that, you know, with con uh, of champions. Yeah. um, I, I didn't run anything. I did pay for a badge to kind of help out tabletop events. I did get on Nola Burt's waiting list. He did have a slot open. I kind of missed it because uh, something came up so that's my that bad. Happens. Right. But when these things come up like ChaosCon, DCC had, Origins had something, I think there was CobaltCon. Um, there was a, a bunch of them we didn't even know about that had been virtual and I thought, well I could I mean, I could game with the guys. I'm gaming with the guys from Mothership. I'm gaming with my home crew, Mm -hmm. uh, Tomb of Annihilation and Stars Without Number. True, true. And I think to myself, well, if I ran an online event for a quote-unquote virtual convention, is it really that big a deal? Because it's not like hanging out in the lounge or waiting to see when Brett's game's going to be done so we go out, have dinner, and sit around a table and then join Hobbs and... you know, whoever else, you know, uh, Tim to and those guys that show yep. up and shoot the shit. So it's, it's a weird, it's not, it's just a different beast. And I don't like the one I would want to do for BSers. even if game kind con happens, I would want us to, to kind of promote it or do just our own thing. Because one of the things we would do, I know for sure would be just to have a hangout. Like we just get zoom and get as many people that we can in zoom, just, you know, hanging out maybe we'll have a couple things to talk about um and just the people we interact through discord and twitter and facebook and uh through twitch and things of that nature well then we just make it one hour or two hours and we just all hang out online together for a little while bring your cocktail of choice and that and then that's like the thing and then we could still play games and have some of those folks that would want to play with us during the year but can't, maybe they set aside that one day or one afternoon and they get into different BSers games. To me is
1: probably uh, It's the scheduling, it's a scheduling piece yeah. where you, you put something up, people sign up for stuff and so forth. It's the scheduling sign up, which is where your tabletop events. So I think Sean, if you want to just take a look at it, they've got really good you and know, I can talk offline yeah. from here, as they say in the biz. And uh, see what we need to do. I think the, the key is to not bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. like this. Which is one of those pieces where I know people see, like, Gamehole Con. And when I was looking to re... When I helped rebuild, rebrand Evercon, I talked intensely with Alex about how he did, what he did, ideas, thoughts, told him what MyCon was originally about, what I it wanted it to be. And a lot of his advice, which he hammered home repeatedly was don't butt off more than you can chew. You only sure. have so many people, you only have so much you can do, and you don't do it all at once. So this is one of those things where you hope to, gosh, you don't have to keep doing this, right? Like it goes back to normal at some point. However, I think we just, we gotta figure out what's the sweet spot. Like, okay, we're gonna have um, these games, Sean and Brad are running here, here, and here. You guys wanna run something, figure it out amongst yourselves, but we're gonna have a hangout from two to three or whatever the case is. Um, there's always a thousand ideas and, and tons of people who've got great ideas that we could do, should do, maybe ought to, should have looked into, but we can't do it all. Right. So I guess what I want to say from us to everybody out there is that whatever we do, it'll be, we're going to try to make sure it's the best thing we can do. Right. And uh, we don't want to try to have something cool, set it up and have it be a complete clusterfuck. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't go crazy. Like I wouldn't. Well, I know. I mean, I'm just saying. It, it's it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be much different than Brett's running a game on Saturday. Who wants in? Mm. Uh, Sean's running a game on Friday. Who wants in? Any BSers want to run a game? When are you running it? Blah, and just kind of probably organizing it through the forums and and saying, hey, you know, here's a, kind of everybody's what they're doing, how they're doing it, what and. You know what they're using, um, what time, and how many people are signed up, and it's like literally just here's one event, here's the thread behind it, and organizing it, and that's kind of it. Like I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to get vendors and and no. speakers yeah. and seminars and blah blah no. blah blah blah. You know, that's just if events, we did that, I games. would just yeah, I would just go to, I would just attend like game hole con virtual, and and maybe we still do that, but realize that one thing about chaos Con- or uh kind of champions is there wasn't a way to kind of denote like hey i'm part of gaming and bs i'm running this event it was just an oh, individual yeah. there was no i'm running it under this banner or anything yep. i'm not sure if that was intentional or they just ran out of the the amount of fields or what it was but um yeah i don't know anyways but that's we'll, we'll,
1: we'll see what we come up with man we got a little time
0: yeah. Uh so another thing that I did this weekend, I I'm gonna see if I can maybe get this off the ground. It's kind of early on. I haven't put it up yet. But we obviously have a YouTube channel. If you haven't checked it out, go to game uh go to you can go to gaming forward slash YouTube and it'll get us get you to our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And then I am starting up something called character gener or character creation. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just I'm going to try to do it weekly. We'll see. This I've been known to fizzle out some of this stuff, but um, just take a role-playing game and create a character. And then I'm going to put that up there for people to look and see. So the the purpose of that is, one, I get some in-depth into generating a character for a particular system, and two, it may help educate others, and three, it may give people, including myself, some inside uh, insight into the actual game. So this past weekend I recorded, it's about, uh, I think, short of 30 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. I try to keep them a little short. But I did low fantasy gaming and created a fighter. And uh, just went through and said, okay, got to roll up abilities. This is what we do for ability checks and attributes, blah, blah, blah. And then for fighter, pick this. And so I'll be doing that. Um, some systems will be relatively quick, some maybe a little bit more in depth. But as I go, I talk about... Um, why it's important that you choose some of the things that you choose or the relevancy behind maybe, you know, okay, there's a luck mechanic in low fantasy gaming. What is, what? okay, so you got these attributes. What's well, the shit luck, that we
1: ask each other right? when we're making the character for the new game, right? Yeah. If you sit there, okay, what, what's luck for? Because I can buy like 10 points of it. Why do I want to buy 10 points? Do I want 10 points of it? You know, <coughs> Trailer Cthulhu or any gumshoe game is the same. How many points do I need? So I got 65 points to buy investigative skills. Should I just dump like 10? Is 10 good? Is four good? What's a good number? And those are questions you get asked. And is the game master like, oh, yeah, it's no more than four. Three is fine, blah, blah, blah. But no, that totally makes sense. I like that idea. So it's just character generation. Yeah, it'll
0: just not the too fancy character sheet, you know, and walking through the book step by step and seeing. And it'll also kind of give people insight into how complex or how easygoing it is. Um, and we'll see how it goes. I there's plenty of material. Like, if I decided to take one system and create a, like a, a different class for each, just go through one.
1: every every core rule PDF right. on your Mac and uh just right. make one character for each of those, right? I uh, see you in 2025, and yeah. it'll be about halfway through. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I probably will start asking, like, you know, hey, what, you, what would you like me to create? Like, what, what, you know, what do you want me to? to go ahead and put out there. Some folks that have done this, that played in role-playing games, are going to be like, eh, that's nice, Sean. But others, we'll see. So, Man,
1: I watch my Twitter feed occasionally, more than occasionally, pops up with the, hey, I'm new. Is this an okay build? Oh, I played sure. my character only to find out that. I wish someone would have told me. I see these things. Uh-huh. You know? So it's one, more, it's one more source. And sometimes, you know, I could tell you, 16 ways from sunday this is how you should make a gumshoe character and then sean tells you and it's sean's voice the phase of the moon and the fact that it's sean and not brett you're like oh that makes total sense i'm like damn dude i told them the same thing how come they listen to you Eh, it happens so the more sources you have the better off you'll be figuring this stuff out so very cool good yeah, yeah i like that so man good we'll on you
0: good yeah call. we'll see how that goes and then gets off the ground um it's not to get into the rules. Like I'm, I'm not wanting to get into a whole no, but when thing you, that we would cover on the show. But it's just one of the like, things you got to kind of know about while you're creating the character. Otherwise, what's the relevancy?
1: In our low fantasy uh, episode, we talked about the luck mechanic and how it's used and so forth. And even just a brief, like, look, this is important because there's a mechanic in here that allows you to do this, this, and this. So this is really handy. You should have, you should have more than two in this, right? That's good to hear. Yeah. Helps people understand where they should put stuff. So look out for that coming, boys and girls. Slick, man. Yeah.
0: Anything else? No, I don't think so. Nice. No. Uh, Random encounter. I didn't have, uh, I didn't get to the uh, email bin or anything this weekend. So uh, we know that people have called in. I think DM Kojo, Chris Shorp called in. We've got some feedback probably on the forums. We're not going to go through them this week on this episode, so we're just going to get into the main topic. because that sound good, Brett? Fuck yeah, let's go. All right, man. Let's get into the main topic. Ooh-hoo.
1: All right. So, you got me on the edge of my seat, Sean. What's going on? This is too tense. Uh, anyway, so we've talked about tension, and uh, holding holding stuff up, and basically last episode two ninety four, we basically said if I remembering myself right, damn that sure is cool, boy do that that thing that's awesome. See you good night everybody, which is not overly helpful for how the fuck you actually do the thing that we asked you to do or told you well, was really cool. I had, had that in the should...
0: back of my mind, but I'm looking at the clock, going well, it's been Let's an hour long, and we long. haven't got, gotten to the hey, this is what you could do to create tension in your role-playing games.
1: So we talked about it after the show. We're like, what should we do? And I'm like, hey, how about we go back and give some ideas and hints? We hinted a little bit last time. So let's go past hinting into something that we're actually doing, something tactical that you as the GM and honestly as players too, and from my perspective, if you're at the table, anybody there can help build this stuff up, right? So... Talked about how it's good fun to have. That's great. Now let's talk about ways, methods, means, policies, devices, formats. How the hell are we doing it? Like so this. Sh- yeah. Do it. <laughs> do it like this, and then like that, and uh. All right. So hey! I'm, I'm going to lead off with uh, confined space. I mentioned this last time. And one of the things I mentioned was if you had, in my Avalon City campaign or other city campaigns, or if it takes place in a, in a siege, I described that a few times, where I run a game when you are in an inn in the middle of like the last inn and in the, in the outpost in the wilderness you're going to keep somewhere, and suddenly undead are besieging you or orcs and they want something from within. And the idea is to ratchet up the pressure from outside and then have pressure inside. It just becomes this wonderful cauldron of pressure and tension trying to figure out what's going to happen. Will you survive? Do you kill the orc chieftain? Does the necromancer win? Do you find out which one of you has actually been poisoning the cook in the background or what dark secrets so-and-so has? That's all cool. I think, and that came to my mind when we talked last time because Sean's running Mothership and Mothership is on a ship, right? (laughs) Confined space is how he's doing it. And as I said, in a city campaign, you're confined in a way by either the walls of the city, the actual physical boundaries, or even Avalon being a big goddamn city, the neighborhood you're in, you have a boundary. And one of the ways I've done that in Avalon, I'll tell people it's got awful, huge, got awful wide length, height, holy shit goes down forever and up. And oh my God, They said, but this story's about a neighborhood. Oh, and maybe the surrounding neighborhoods, but it basically is about your neighborhood. And this is where we will start and reminding people as you go along, what's in the neighborhood, 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 your local area. That type of thing using that language and you don't even need a thesaurus to go over neighborhood versus you know connection of buildings or whatever other phrases you want but reiterating it helps to put a sense of confinement around the group even if you take something larger let's say you've got a group of people that have um they're leaving the shire and they're supposed to go to this big mountain of doom and so on and so forth what you're doing is you're confining what's going on, in my opinion, to the characters themselves, where they happen to be is where the focus is, you're not breezing through the outdoor encounters, right, the travel, the so on and the so forth, you're dealing with that stuff, each piece um, has has importance to it, and you keep it confined, <clears throat> excuse me, so when an encounter occurs, in the wilderness on this massive track across this wonderful sandbox you've made. They're at a rock, outcropping. They're besieged by wargs. They fight them. They feel confined to that space. There's no like, well, fuck it, we'll teleport and a bo- boogie over here. Oh, we can just leave. The things are happening, and because of the way you've described it, you make it feel like the player characters need to stay here. And this is the uh, this is the theater in which they get to operate Sean does that ring true to you or do you think I'm off
0: no I think I think you're on to something and I would probably even go a little bit deeper and say that it's it's not um it, it's not so much the maybe and it's physically confined right I think that's what you're going for for or sure. or even but-
1: even mentally I mean, like I said in Avalon's huge there's neighborhood upon neighborhood it's 50 60 miles across 180 miles wide whatever it is just thinking you have to stay in your neighborhood because for whatever reason you've had that drilled into you. That's what I'm saying.
0: Right. And I would say that you, um, giving, giving them limitations in like a physical space, I guess it would be where I would go. So if it's, um, and maybe not even physical space, just giving them limitations in general, you're confining them in some regard or another. And that's, that's preventing them from too many, so many options where then the tension is like, eh, well, I could just go in that direction or that direction or that direction, and I don't have to deal with A and B. And so, therefore, it's not that big, as big a deal.
1: It's like the, and, you know, Mothership is a dungeon in space, right? It's a space dungeon, in a it's, way. It and is dungeons, dungeon. Dungeons are classic confined areas, right? However... Yes. Um, sometimes that pressure doesn't get ratcheted up until you realize your your tunnel out is collapsed. You're lost in the dungeon. Something about the exploration has gone wrong. You fall through a hole. You get teleported somewhere. Something crazy happens. So I like what you're saying. The other thing I I want to throw out there is that we started coming at this from the game master perspective, but let's if you're a player and you know this, and you can feel this happening to you, right? You're watching this happen. Oh, Brett said the word neighborhood. Everything seems to be in the neighborhood so on and so forth. Oh, and Sean says we're on the spaceship, and this is what we're supposed to do. It is okay for your character to say, I want to get the fuck off this rock, man. I'm sick of being in this, you know, spaceship. I'm sick of being in, you know, space jail. I got to get out of here and whatever it is. But the adventure's there, right? That's what's happening. I want to bust out of this neighborhood, man. I want to get out of Avalon. I want to go see the Outlands. I want to get out of Waterdeep. I want to go over here. Uh, Camorium. I want to see the rest of, you know, of the Astonishing Swordsman, Sorcerer of Hyperboreal landscape. I want to see it all. Great. That's a character goal. But as the player, get into the mood that's being set for you. Right? So, I'm supposed to operate within this theater? Perfect. So, you can tell in some of the older modules, at least from my perspective, when you read like Tumor Horrors and stuff. Again, we've talked about two Horrors in the past being specifically designed to fuck with people. But one of the things you can't do easily is... It will tell you at the beginning, if you try to gate somebody in, you're fucked here. Oh, you try to teleport? Can't do that here. Can't do this. Can't do this. Tons of these hard limitations. Because the idea was to mechanically say no, that certain powers and things that you could do to skip by stuff or breeze past certain things were unavailable to you. And that can be tough. Um, especially as you get higher levels and certain your power curve starts to go up a little bit, it can be harder as a game master to have the confined area approach. And this isn't the only way to do it, right? I'm just saying that confined area can be a tool you can use. Because quite frankly, when you get higher in level and you can teleport without error, wish, time stop, drop meteors on people, you have clones of yourself. <laughs> you have uh, all sorts of crazy shit. It gets it gets harder and harder to be confined, right? <laughs> so confined isn't the only way to do it. But if you find yourself in that space, like it sounds like Sean's crew from Mothership are doing a wonderful job. They're they're in it. They're like, hey, this is the game. This is where we're at. We're gonna figure this fucker out. Yes, they all want to survive. They all want to get off the ship, the rock, whatever the fuck they're stuck on but they're there to make the most of that confined space. And I think that's important as players to sign up and go for it.
0: Yeah. And there is something to be said about being uh, between a rock and a hard place. And if you're not, it's not going to build any, nobody, nobody in the party is going to be, Oh shit. But if you're between a rock and a hard place, well, the chances of that, Oh shit moment. And uh, is, is ultimately higher.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the confined area to me is, I want to say classic, but it's easy for me to put my head around. Like, oh, I could, I can ratchet tension because I have this space, right? I've got this little smaller box to play in. The other thing to do, honestly, is you start to look to the, look to the media outside of gaming. Look outside of it. How do how do the movies, the TV, the books, how are they building tension for you? Look beyond horror, um, war movies, Lord of the Rings, Jason Bourne, Jason Bourne. Um, depending where you're at travels all over the goddamn place and one of the ways that those when jason Bourne is hopping around spoilers for the very first movie if nothing else wakes up in a certain area goes point a point b point a point b a lot of times the travel between the two is really pretty lickety split not a lot of like oh he's been found or whatever might be going on but the real action scenes Every time there's something happening, it's in a local localized spot. This is the meet. This is how the parameters are. This is where he can operate with. There is a, um, he's supposed to meet a guy. He's got him set up. I want you on this bridge at two o'clock. You'll take your jacket off and put it on the ledge. You'll turn around three times and walk over to the post office box, blah, blah, blah. It's a very confined, the action there is a, is local. So what's happening there is there, it's kind of a callback to the confined area in a way, but... They're building tension being a modern setting by being a thriller movie. So look at your thrillers, the books, the spy movies, whatever. How the hell are they building tension? One of the things I like doing about those are when the characters are making their skill checks, you can narrate from outside, right? So in your Shadowrun game, you're trying to break into something. You're trying to work your way past it. They roll. And every time they make it just barely, right, or they just barely fail, or you want to juice him a little bit with, uh, like, oh, my God, that was so close. You have the guard walk up. Wait, what What was that? What's going on? I don't know, man. Clomp, clomp, clomp. Gets closer to you. But he turns because he was distracted, and he walks away. Oh, Jesus, thank God. I can't believe he was so close. You could feel the guy breathing on me. I was hiding behind this stupid dumpster. I can't believe he didn't see me here. Well, you did roll a, did roll a 05. You know, that was uh, pretty lucky. You can use those lucky moments and narrate them in you know, and sometimes it's when the characters roll by don't by not telling people what their chances are, is a way to do it. Um, so what I'm getting at here is from the thriller is they look at stuff. And like, okay, it's a one in a million shot, or I got to figure this out, I've got to get from this roof to that roof, jump, what do I have to make to get it, just give me a roll. You know what the number is, you got it in your head, or even if you want to do something is as, as corny as fudge it, and they're going to make it anyway. You can roll that die or however your game system works and then narrate the results of the die roll. Because, oh, oh, that looks good. That's a 17. Is that good enough? You, <sighs> All right, let me think. All right, here's what happens. That has a lot more, even players on the edge wondering what the result is going to be than a, give me a 15. A 15 or higher, you get across the roof. Click, yay, 16, I'm done. That's boring as shit, man. There's no tension building that, in my opinion. You buying what I'm selling, John? Man, I'm picking up what you're putting down. That's good. Do you uh, do you have any movies or TV shows or anything that let you like from a tension perspective?
0: Like I mentioned on the last episode, I like Ozark. Uh, I was a big fan. Justin Bateman on Netflix, and, and it's similar to Breaking Bad. Even Breaking Bad's a good one. It's not—it's uh, just the—I don't know if it's as much tension as it is— always something happening moving forward you know the next scene there is it's not a you travel you travel and you travel some more i mean sure yeah there's some scenery but eventually you know just something is going to go amok yep and just throwing that at the player characters and having them react i mean i think if we as game masters and, and many people have preached this on, on different shows and in books and tweets and articles and blogs and everything uh, about how to game master. I mean, give the players a bunch of problems and have them figure out the solution.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, And to have the problems, put clocks on them. Yeah, yes. So the problem will occur after a certain point. You'll deal with the fact that you have a flat tire or... What? Something's going to happen. You will deal with the fact that the guy in the trunk is waking up or something's going to happen. Right? This is all shit you got to deal with. When I I bring up war movies, um, and it kind of reminds me of even Lord of the Rings films and stuff, one of the ways I've done it in combat to keep tension in in combat going and uh, to kind of be everything happening is instead of rolling the dice and saying, I hit you, you take 10 points of damage from the chieftain, instead, you narrate the ogre, Roaring up, flinging orcs left, right, and center, and he just barreling after your barbarian. That big stone axe comes up, and he swings. I roll the dice. Oh, Jesus. He just misses you. Bam. Hits your shield. Knocks you back five feet, but you're right up. He's ready to go. That's a lot more tense then. The ogre moves up. I roll a 10. <laughs> I'm what you see. 12. Miss you. Move on. So, yeah. Believe I get I get it,
0: like that sometimes, and it's terrible. It's just it's yeah. It's, it's so easy to fall back on. Sucks the wind out of it. Yeah, it, it really does. Yeah,
1: but especially for the big ones, you're like, oh my god! Pull out, pull out your narration skills, folks. Work on that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes the description before the die roll. Describe up to the fact of what's trying. What might happen? You see this d20. This is going to tell you how hard it hurts. Click, motherfucker! Rolled a two. Oh yeah! Roll a two, and you could just hear Jeff roaring in the background. You know, happy as hell. Describing it up to the minute. Roll the dice. Frickin' pace you, man. Boom! He hits you. Rockets you across (laughs) the... You know, that's cool stuff. Yeah. And the other thing in the the films um, or any of the thriller type of thing. Something's about to happen. The bad guy comes up. Your weapon's jammed. He's putting that gun down right to your head. And pow! Your buddy, the sniper, takes him out. Holy shit. I thought I was smoked. Yep. Yep. Got a friend. Took him out for you. Crazy shit happens. Yeah. But anyway, that's, again, tension. Um, one somebody, of the other things... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Somebody in the forums, and I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Gabe or, or you know, who's Carl, but they said whip out the uh, egg timer or the, the sand in the hourglass, <laughs> limiting, yep. you know, their their time to decide and ponder something, that the actual player, right? So if you're not giving them... If, if it's that's another thing I find in role-playing games and and it's funny it's probably me because I'm running some of those so it's all right this is happening what do you do and then there's this big long drawn-out pause of figuring out how to attack the creature or approach the room and it's like this okay well I could do this I could do that I could think about this I could think about that and you know if you just put the screws to them like hey you're if you don't Flip the timer, flip this, the, the hourglass, the end of this, you don't do anything, we're moving on to the next player. And, you
1: know, players don't want to lose their turn. And this is why we've, we've talked about that specific thing before. Why it's important to know your group and understand, be able to read the table. I have played with people um, who have conditions, situations, their personality, the medication they're on slows them down. Sure. So if you have people that you're playing with, and you're like, look, if I put the screws to Brett, he literally will have a panic attack if I do this to him.
0: That's well, no joke. That, yes, I, mean, you, that, that's, I mean, Brett, you no, gotta, but, yes.
1: but literally, I mean, and, and it sounds goofy, but. And I'm not trying to.
0: I don't think it sounds goofy. I, I realize that well, just, yes, I, I you have to know who you're playing with and what yeah. their spiel is. Like, you don't want to talk about.
1: You know, uh, I guess when I say it sounds sounds goofy, people are like, oh, my God, I know that stuff. Well, we don't we tend to forget that stuff sometimes. And applying the screws to someone who doesn't deal well with the screws being applied to them could be a little harsh. However, that said, if you explain like, hey, all right, look, combat's going. We got to move. And then if you put that person who takes a little bit longer at the end of that line, right, they've got a better chance to figure something out because they've got some time as all those timers tick down. Mm -hmm. Right. The other um. The other thing we talk about is now seeing, you know, the descriptors, the tension, the confined area. Okay, yeah, that feels doom do doom do, pressure, pressure, horror movie. I got to get the house with the guy in the leather mask with the chainsaw is going to fucking eat me. I get it. Um, but one of the things that you've you brought up a couple different times, Sean, is that so much stuff, the pressure, all the problems. And I think there is a, we hit at this last time, but there is a issue that we as Game Masters have. That we feel that the tension and the pressure all have to be connected to the plot. I said this last time I told the story about the girl I did where an NPC dumped water on her. Liquid of some kind and drove her fucking bananas. This is wonderful for a, a random chart or a list of things you can tick off down the road. So when the characters are traveling, you can roll. And the random encounter is horse throws a shoe while you're stopping to fix that. You then find that what what happened? So something else. How do you compound this? How do you, it doesn't have to be monsters attack. It doesn't have to be ninjas kicking the door. <laughs> this can be the horse throws a shoe. You've got to stop. You have to reshoe the horse. While you're doing that, you can see the rain. Like son of a bitch, we're gonna get fucking soaked. That's what's gonna happen. Goddamn horse, we're gonna get soaked. Okay, it's a pain in the ass. Now, clip clop, clip clop, clip clop. You roll again. Next guy's the horse throws a shoe. Even if that wasn't what the random die roll is, you could decide right then and there. You know what I'm going to do? Three of the five horses are going to have horseshoe problems tonight. It's a pain in the ass, and someone's going to say, "Who fucking shoot these horses?" Well, that was, you know, well, we're back at the, you know, the horseshoeing guy, and uh, he was doing it. Well, was his kid doing it? Was what kind of moron did this? Sometimes the players would be like, you know what? We're on a mission from the Duke. I'll bet you, and they'll start throwing crap, because they think this is all connected, or whatever the case is, it doesn't have to be, right, it can just be annoyances. And the key is, is that you can't just fill people's lives with annoyances, because that becomes overdone. People can't tell what's a red herring and what's what's not there. But the other component, in my opinion, is taking those annoyances, then learning when to add them in, or have them cause a real problem when the tension is sometimes those clocks are slow on that little annoyance. And sometimes you're like, you know what? I got to speed this one up. I got to jack this one. Now's the time when I told them that they had, you know, the gas tank was leaking. And I don't remember the last time they told me, tick, 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 that they checked that gas can. So now they go back there to make Molotov cocktails. I go, you only got a quarter tank. Fuck, what? It leaked. I told you it leaked. You haven't checked it. You're You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. This is where the players come in. Don't argue. Just go, you know what? You're right. We didn't check the fucking tank. We get we only got a quarter of gas. We thought we had two gallons. I got a quarter of that. How many Molotov cocktails can we make? Ah, shit. We wanted ten. We get three. Great. Just fucking lovely. Problem tension. All that stuff goes up. Does that make sense, Sean?
0: Yeah, it makes sense.
1: Of course, it does. What are you doing in uh, your current mothership game? How are you doing that? Are you doing stuff like this or yeah, finish? man? Get, get, like, give me an example, brother buddy. How are you doing it?
0: Well, they're you gotta leave them stranded, so they're they're well, we can always go back to the ship and find our cozy little cabins, you know, and hold ourselves up. You gotta remove that shit, Brett
1: remove some comfort, yes,
0: yeah, remove the safe house, and you know everything's gonna be fine here. This room is all like we cleared it out, and there isn't any done dead for miles. yeah, shut that down
1: the random then, the random encounter of the night something happens, noises. <sighs> That's the right. dungeon's not a comfortable place to sleep. Five feet, twenty feet, hundred and ten feet underground. I think uh another thing is you gotta
0: get them thinking about stuff, even though it might mean something, it might not mean something. So they, hey, you're who's wh- who's what's the watch? Like, hey, who's who's what's the watch schedule? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go first, then well, Brett's gonna go second, his guy, and then you know, Eileen's gonna go third. Okay, great. Eileen's up, up. You hear something? I do. Yeah, you hear something? We oh, hear something over here. You hear over. Here. Okay. Oh, check it out. Huh. Nothing there. Am I sure? You got a light source? Are you a stick over there? Yeah. Right. You do that, and then you throw some beasties, beasties, creepy beasties. You got a, you know, maybe they can't make them out, and then it's. Then you hear something on the other side.
1: Yeah, it's a raccoon. You, yeah, you hear something on <laughs> it's the just other annoying.
0: side. Yeah, then it could be the raccoon. And then it's all quiet. Yeah. Just let it sit there. Don't say the anything. Other, the other one is Just let is them that sit there and let their mind run. Woo.
1: You'll see this in <laughs> in films and uh, whatnot. I was watching um, uh, AJ wanted to rewatch the uh, the Hobbit movies, the uh, the trilogy. They're quite terrible, but kind of kind of goofy in their own way. But anyway, when they find when they're about to enter Mirkwood, spoiler. Gandalf pulls this tree, this bush and whatever side. He sees this. He sees a symbol. It's the the Eye of Sauron. Oh, my God. Bad things. Now, my bad little critters, bad guys, people, there's symbols all over the place. There's spray-painted shit, goblins, kobolds. They mark their territory. I've had critters piss on stuff, you know, whatever. Or ogres will break things, paint on things, whatever you happen to do. Not everything has to mean anything. I have had people find uh, dwarven runes or something painted, and they're like, "What is this? It says Bragi is a dick." What? Yeah, he didn't like that guy, or whatever it is. You know, it's that there can there's stuff and things that makes it appear interesting, and like, how much time do you want to spend wasting, if you will, looking at it? And I think the main the main piece in all this is that the larger tension is the biggest clock that's running. If, I mean, we talk about timers and stuff. So I mess with people. I take away their horseshoes. Uh, their camp is flooded this night. They lost their tent in the storm. They're miserable. They're uncomfortable. But there needs to be a reason why that fucking matters. Other than it's nature. and Nature sucks sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think there's a difference between an, an annoyance and tension.
1: Yes. This has one to be something le- that One has can to lead matter. to
0: the other, right? But
1: yeah. To have it really, to have it escalate from an annoyance to tension slash pressure that increases tension... It has to have an effect. Which is why when the characters go through and they're looking for stuff, and you're like, yeah, there's a hand over there. There's a what? There's a hand laying in the corner of this of the spaceship in this bulkhead here. What the fuck? I, you Are you a human hand? A, a ham. It's a ham? Is a ham? Is a ham? Do you Pork say ham or ham? A ham
0: in a corner? What the hell? Because you so, know that's going to happen, right? Yeah. There's a hand. You come across the, a ham. A, a ham.
1: ham? What's I mean, hand, that? Hand, I mean, hand. I oh, mean, hand. Oh, it'd be funny if it was a ham.
0: Oh, I thought you said ham. Her, 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 her ham, huh? Some, okay, uh, but then you get back important. to it and
1: you get people's attention. They go, well, look at the ham, huh? It's covered in blood. Okay, now they're paying attention. Right, right. <laughs> so now, this, depending how you want to run and how you are taking notes and paying attention, one of the things you can do with some of those annoyances is that when you're deploying them, and you can do them randomly, you can do them very purposefully. Like I said with a gas cannon, it has a leak. That's the other thing to do is you keep, I let me go back to that. But once you've deployed the thing, keep track of that thing, either a mental note or write the damn thing down. So when it comes back and they want to use that resource, the resource is limited. And that is another big thing to me that I think about when I think about horror movies or thrillers, their resources are limited, right? Some people don't want to track arrows, bullets, food. I get it, different type of gaming. But when we're talking about I'm going to stop the monster and I need fire, you don't have two gallons of gas. You have a quarter gallon of gas. You don't have three road flares. You have two. Why? Because somebody fell in the water and was carrying one and is ruined now. Fuck. Really? I thought they were good. No, it was an old road flare. Remember I said it was moldy and musty and it wasn't all like, oh, shit. Okay, that's broken. Don't we have any of this? Yeah, That's all waterlogged too. God damn it. That pressure that tension wraps ratchets things up and it's tied now it's a resource that you think you need for your plan to deal with whatever the hell is going on right so when you're messing with that stuff it doesn't have to be ninjas kicking the door it can be okay what do we got you have this you have this you have this you have this oh yeah and don't forget you only have two days left of water ah christ that's right we're in space we can't get anywhere until we solve this problem because the creature's in the engine room. We have two days of water. Uh and how much food do we have? One day of food. That's fucking lovely. Great. Great, yeah, great, well, great. With
0: these guys they have they don't have their their safe ship that they arrived on. Yeah, so you're you're they, stuck in you're stuck behind enemy lines. Gotta take their oxygen away from. So mm-hmm. they, they've got limited oxygen. Oh, and they vacuumed part of the ship, so their oxygen level has depleted significantly. Even it being less than ideal, it is even more. It is even more or less. Even
1: even worse. lower.
0: Yeah, even worse than they anticipate. There's a creature running around on the ship,
1: I'll and
0: you, and the ship somewhat. Der- you know, it's it. All the systems aren't working properly. So it's a derelict, beat up piece of shit. Man, I'm throwing the kitchen sink <clears throat> at these yahoos they're like, they don't know which way to go.
1: The <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so the re- basically, um, I, if I think about it, its, it's resources are messed up. Confined area is great. The other thing to remember then is that the players are going to drop you clues and wonderful things. They're going to say, I think we need fire to kill this monster. Or I, yeah. I think we need lightning. Or I think yeah. we need more bullets. Or we need silver. Right. So once the players start collecting silver, tell them how much they have. Because now they're asking, they're specifically trying to find out volumes and numbers. Once the players start doing that, keep, help them keep track of that stuff. Remember you have one piece of uh, actual s- silver flatware. You've got a spoon. Yeah, fucking great. Right, great, I have a spoon. Yeah, and you have that necklace that was made of silver. Good, I got that. Oh, and there's uh, two silver uh, coins. So what is that? Like three ounces, I right, Maybe, you know, if you take it all down, you got, you know, eight, 10 ounces of silver. Fucking great, great, 10 ounces. What can we do with 10 ounces of silver? They're gonna kill the undead with
0: a coin. They're gonna shove that silver down its throat and it's gonna (laughs) choke on it and it's silver. So it's just It's gotta work, man. It's it's doom. Oh yeah. And you know, like I I say this because Jeff's group or somebody that I play with would, would come up with that. Like, hey, it's they're silver. gonna
1: totally <laughs> Scooby-Doo that villain, man. I'm gonna,
0: <laughs> <they're> gonna <laughs> stick gonna this silver coin
1: up its ass, down so its far. throat. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll put it at the end of the arrow and
0: shoot it into their heart.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, it sounds totally doable. But what I'm getting at is when when the characters start paying attention to volume and numbers and how much of something they have, that's a resource that they're that they value. Yeah, it may have bupkiss, may have fuck all, nothing to do with actually solving the problem. But pay attention to it. If food matters and they're really paranoid, terrified about food, rats eat your food. You have to worry about this stuff. It does get waterlogged. How much food was Carrie carrying? Well, she had like, well, a day's supply for herself when she fell into the uh, watery oil and was stuck there for five minutes while you guys tried to fish her out. Food's ruined, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Food's ruined. Son of a bitch. That matters. If anything, the characters are keeping track of the number on is something you can fuck with. And you're doing that purposely, with the intent to drive them, push them to make decisions. Because as your rations start to go down and start to dwindle, you start to feel the pressure. You have to do something. Jason Bourne has a very limited amount of kit that he can bring with him. He only has so much. He starts with a certain certain amount, gathers some, burns it up. Gathers some more, burns that off. Stuff gets used, right? And that's where a lot of the tension comes in. Think about your horror, your classic slasher movies and stuff. You have, you know, a shotgun (laughs) I'm doing this to my kids in my Trail of Cthulhu game. They have five, count them, five 16-gauge birdshot shells for their double-barrel shotgun. That's it. That's not a lot. And they also know full well that it doesn't seem to do fuck all against uh, Cthulhu-type monsters. But (sighs) they only have one of this. They only have three of that. They only have six days of this. They're asking me specifically how much do we have because they want to know. Um, and I'm stressing this a lot because I think it's really important because when the players create this wonderful thing for you, do we have silver? Do we have gold? Hey, I think it takes, you know, raw plutonium to kill the monster. I think it meets mistletoe. Is there mistletoe here? I hear mistletoe works in your head is game. I like, I never thought of mistletoe. Fucking write it down. Mistletoe hurts monster. Totally cool, man. Then they Then they spend a bunch of time eating the mistletoe, looking for the mistletoe, finding it, grinding it in the paste, covering their wounds in it, whatever the fuck they're doing with the mistletoe. But the time is the other piece that I think from a tension perspective, we've, we've hinted at, but let's just say it directly here, Sean, something's got to happen. The big clock, right? And I know Blades in the Dark has clocks and it's a mechanism that a lot of games uh, have out there, but it's that ability that something is going to happen if you don't solve the problem or the problem will come due for you. The big event is going to happen when this goes ding. And if you don't have your shit together, it goes ding and you're fucked. So in a mothership game, like what you're running, my assumption is you've got to deal with a creature, you've got to figure out how to get off the ship or you're going to die. Because at some point all your resources will be used up and you're dead. That bill, that bar tab is coming due. There's no, there's no way, no way it's not gonna. You're just waiting for bar time. <laughs> it's coming, and I think that's a, that's an important piece. If you let it drag for too long, without something happening, you're gonna have a hard time with it. Does that make sense, Sean? Yes, it does. Now the other piece we, we talked about too was that you have to have tension then release, pressure release, pressure release. So there can't to have this going for a campaign for a long period of time, there have to be moments during the sessions, maybe every other session, maybe every third, maybe even twice in one session. you go, "Ah, and then whoo, everybody can breathe. but you've got a moment where it was super tense, and everybody has a chance to relax. They used the fire, their mistletoe coated silver spoons, they threw it all at the monster and fled. <sighs> it ran away, yeah. What worked? They look at you, you're like, you're not really positive what worked. The fire hit, it didn't seem like that. Spoons being thrown at its head it wasn't keen on. And uh, the mistletoe powder, maybe? Don't know. Fuck. What do we do? They're still thinking, but the immediate threat has dropped. The big clock is still ticking. The big event is still going to happen. But the immediate threat is dropped. And that is, um, that's important because if you can have a complete ramp up at a con game. You can do this where it's just nothing but tension. Nothing but tension until the four hours is over and everybody's just exhausted and sweating bullets because, hey, it was four hours and nothing but tension. Yeah, baby. But if you're going to be running the campaign where you play for weeks, weeks, months, months, or a year, or whatever it is you're gunning you're for, you have to have a little breathers in there. <laughs> the players have to feel like they got somewhere. Sometimes it's as simple as, all right, that was a tough session. All right, I want everyone to level up between here and next time. Oh, thank God we get to level up. They feel they've accomplished something. They feel that something's happened that's helped them. Even walking away in a level-based system where, hey, you gained experience points to spend on your character or something. You get a new aspect, you get a new something or other. It's a feeling of relief. That's a out-of-game, meta-mechanical thing you're throwing at the players. Go, hey, you earned ding. Got that new spell. You learned that new power. You've got this new Jedi thing, whatever the case is. Unlike Sean, Sean doesn't give anybody anything though, ever. You know,
0: just uh, I don't know. Gotta, gotta, just gotta keep things rolling and let you know. Maybe they get a little complacent. I mean, in the movies, there's a cut scene. People are in an office talking about stuff and mm-hmm. what their next move is or where the target is going, and maybe there's the dialogue in Star Wars. But somewhere else, man, there's action happening. Yeah. Or, or after that, or whatever they're talking about, it's gonna spur some action, man. If I if I run a Knights Black agents or a, a Delta Green, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be mass hysteria. <laughs> well, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna you know kind of climb up, but after that, you know, I mean, there's gonna be all kinds of crazy shit happening.
1: I tell you, the those games, especially the tension is really, really good. And I would not say you have to do this all the time for every game and every setting. We talked about this a little bit last time. You know, um, some games it doesn't seem to fit as well, right? Um, and that's totally fine. Not every game and not every group of players likes this shit either. And some game masters are like, boy, I feel like I'm just fucking with people. to fuck with them. What you're doing is applying pressure and so on. You're creating an environment to make action happen and and get people immersed, if you want to use that word, so we're feeling this cool thing and so on, and that they're in it to win it, and they really got to make use of all the small little bits and pieces of the two matchsticks they have left. That's all they have. Um, that, that can be fun. Some people like that as a palate cleanser. Some people don't like any of that shit at all. They like to watch the movies, but they have no intention or desire to play the game that does that. So, again, I think... Before you have ninjas attack, before you do anything like that, before you work on the tension, an important piece is reading your group. You know, how are they doing? What's going on? Sometimes it's a matter of are they turtling, right? Where they're not doing anything because they just flat don't know what to do or they're too petrified to move or they they think the safe house is the safest place ever. <laughs> which is always stupid because you can blow that fucker up. Blow and it
0: up, baby! <laughs> Make a move! Get a, get a wandering monster through there.
1: Just bulldoze it down. The other thing to remember is, as players, your game master's a shit ton going on. She, she, he, whomever, they can't remember it all. So when you see your game master, they're working on this thing, there's stuff happening. This could be a great time for you as a player to raise your hand and say, I, I got to call my mom. What? <laughs> my, my character, I've got a flaw. It's been three days. My mother's worried sick. I've, I'm willing to bet that's what all those voicemails are on my phone that I've been ignoring for the last three days. Well, see, in some games, and there's like, mechanics. Oh, really? Yes, there, there's
0: mechanics that that
1: facilitate, right? It's that's the, where I'm getting the at. stress. Yeah,
0: you know the threshold, all that stuff, and then. But sometimes players, stuff we get we to go
1: awry. We get a little complacent, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where it, there's all this cool shit that's happening, the game masters just ratcheting and ratcheting. Oh, they're doing all this stuff it's time sometimes where we as a player's guy, Oh, yeah, that's right. We're playing a cypher game, I should allow or tell the GM, you could do an intrusion, I should help them. That's what I'm saying. When you look at the character sheet and realize, wow, you have a disadvantage, you have this DM NPC who's attached to you, whatever it is, (laughs) bring it up, because it can be helpful for the game master, because sometimes it's just a break. From the game master having to think of all this pressure and tension and putting all this stuff on you is to say, look, I got to split, man. Why? Because I, I need to, to take my kid to school. I need to do this thing. Well, What do you mean? We're in the middle of it. Look, this, I, I have no choice. This bond right here. I'm going to ignore this. But hey, just so you know, Sean, I get two points of stress. Really? Yeah. I just realized I've ignored calling my mom for the last five days. <laughs> Fuck. Really? Yeah, dude. I take five points. I take five points of stress. Whatever. Hey, this happens. And the player's are like, oh, shit, why didn't you say I forgot? How could you fucking forget? I just forgot, man. That's fine. That totally is fine. But it's a wonderful opportunity for players <coughs> excuse me, to step in there and add to the tension, add to the pressure, add to the stuff. Because as soon as Sean says, hey, I forgot to call my mom, I get some stress. The game master gets to look at everybody else and say, anybody else missing anything? You over there? And Eileen raises her hand and goes, yeah, me too. I forgot to do this thing oh, shit, you know, says Cody, I, I I screwed this up. And it's not like we screwed up, right? I'm using that jokingly. But we get to look at that stuff and as players say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's get in on this shit. Yeah, I got five disadvantages I forgot I had for the last six sections. Fuck all. Yeah, let's throw it down there, you know. I think it's a great opportunity when this stuff is happening for the players to help keep the action going and to help keep the tension going because it's not always just the game master's job to do it. Some players have a hard time remembering that stuff until you ask them. So maybe on that GM checklist, maybe on that random chart, you can go through and say, you know, pick a player with a fucked up background and nail them. (laughs) Whatever you write down. Um, But it's an opportunity for some of those bills to come due. Those clocks tick over. Ting. And then you got to go deal with it. Fair enough. Yeah. Anything else you got, man?
0: No, I'm interested in other folks and how they build build tension in there like mechanic wise or situational, what that looks like. I mean, there's always the wandering monster, there's the you know confined areas, there's the giving them a limited amount of time to determine something and mm-hmm. making them move, like giving them that piece prevents them from pondering and if they can't ponder, they have to make decisions quickly and some of those decisions aren't always good. Yes. And so you're getting them off they're You're getting them off track a little bit. Yeah. And so that's always good stuff. I don't know. I'm sure there's other ones we've missed, but
1: I think there's probably and someone's going to write in and tell us about a wonderful game or a yeah. mechanic out there that handles a lot of this stuff. I am still enough of a believer that a lot of our GMing or GMing uh, skills are things we practice. Mechanics can help, but saying, okay, I have to roll right now to see if there's tension will destroy tension. Smoothly implementing tension and pressure mechanics is the key to me anyway, for how I enjoy my games or how I enjoy to run and how I enjoy playing. It's the smooth unobtrusive implementation of those kind of background meta mechanics, which can be tricky. And sometimes everybody gets into it and they're in, in the right mode when that meta, okay, I take a dark side point, oh shit, we're, we're in trouble now, we burn burned too many stress, and Sean, what happens? Sometimes that's great, but other times there is a subtlety that's required to burn those mechanics into into the game without being so heavy handed, because frankly, if I as a player feel like, ah, I'm just checking off a, uh, tell them whatever the mechanic tells me I can do is what I do. I feel like a board at that point, man. I want I want a little more subtly to it. That's just my opinion. You good? Yeah, man. All right. Anything else? I don't think so. We don't have
0: anything in the die roll this week that I can think of offhand. Man,
1: we're slack asses. I Well, know. I'll tell you what, I, you know what this means, dude. This next time is probably going to be a listener feedback episode because we may get may have a fair amount by the time we get back to it. But we'll see what we see. We might, or no one will give a shit. No one will say anything. They'll say we covered it all too Perfectly thoroughly. Too yeah. thoroughly, yes. There's nothing yes. that they could add to, which is... Never going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> all, right. all right. So we'll see what we get into next week. Yeah. yeah. Sure.
0: All right. Well, we'll see what happens the next episode and what we cover, Uh, thanks for everybody tuning in on Twitch. You can check us out on uh, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time U.S. live if you'd like. Otherwise, you can catch us in any podcatcher of your choice. Um, And I think that's it. So, uh, any last words, Brett Man, No, I'm good, brother. Thank you much. All right. So, for Gaming NBS, I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. Good night. Good game and all. This
0: episode of Gaming in BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers Graham Miner, Corey Wynn, Brian Kurtz, Ray Otis, Stefan Dragonspawn, Stefan Dragonspawn, Larry Haupt, Mark DeSaka, Pure Mongrel, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig. Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan Lavalley, Jason Hobbs, Sky, Old School DM, Perry Basord, Jim Fitzpatrick, John Kward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Niall Diamond, Howard Bishop, Eric Salzwiedel, The Closet Gamer, Jeff Goad, C.W. Mellencamp, Craig Huber, Old Scouser Role Playing, Andy Hall, David. David F. Baylog, Harrigan, Mosa Bashinsky, Brian Rumble, Henry Newcomb, Eric Telvola, Roger Brasslett, Mark Sohm, Andy Olson, Eric Avila, Ron Blessing, Jeff Seifert, Mike Hess Jr., Angus, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Rory Weston, Curtis Hinson, Jim Ingram, Daniel Garrett, Eric Frankhouse presents Hus Carl or is it who's Carl? Jason Weeb Jason Weeb $1 Adventure Frameworks Jared Rasher Phil McClory George Sedgwick Michael Dinos Matt Cyberlick Chad Gleiman Finolf Josh Wallace Adam Gro... oh Adam, how do you say your last? How do you say your last name, buddy? Is it Gro- Grot John? Groat John? Yeah, Adam, Corey Welch, Merkel Froelich, Rich Wishon, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, and Aaron Ralia. Hey. Liked what you heard? Maybe? Well, I'll tell somebody. Have them go over to GamingMBS.com forward slash subscribe and have them subscribe. Give us a listen. Thanks, BSers. This, this has been a Litterbox Box Studio production. Studio. production.